What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 108 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. What's back, crack a lacking? Just living the dream like always. Living the dream. Living the dream. Ready to go. You, got, your, you got the big do today. The big do. Yeah, yeah I got a got, big do here. Yeah. Sitting here. Uh, how many? One liter. One liter of Mountain Dew, 1.05 quarts, 170 You're calories. You're all hyped up on Mountain Dew. Yeah, 170 calories per serving. Three servings in here, so uh, I'm probably pretty. I'm I'm about the rest of that Mountain Dew away from one uh, loop a little bit tighter on or one loop looser on the belt buckle. So I'm gonna say yeah, pretty soon gonna get towards the end of the show. You drink that whole thing, it's gonna be like you're gonna tell me, watch your mouth, old man. I'm all hyped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna have to back away from this podcast table and expend, uh, extend the mic because. Uh, <laughs> You put you put that much dew in this belly and then we're in trouble. But God dang it, I I'm a I've I've kind of been cheating on Mountain Dew a little bit though. Have you? Yep. Been going after a different flavor, huh? Cherry Coke. Ooh, kind of going with the old Cherry yep. Coke. Yep. Huh? I uh, the one day I was down at uh at at the local Sunshine Foods and uh, they had a big old twenty four pack of Cherry Coke and I was like, God dang it, you know what? I haven't had a Cherry Coke in like freaking six seven years. So I got it, and uh, I really freaking like that stuff. Right. It's kind of crazy how that goes. I mean, even with, like, fishing sometimes, you're, like, always using this one thing. Yep. And then you try something else, and you have some success with it, and pretty soon you're just like, like, man, I've been using this a lot. Like, and I haven't, like, my old trusty, I've got to get that out Right. Well, I mean, I've been, I I was code red for, like, freaking six, seven years. Like, (laughs) nothing but Mountain Dew code red. And then, you know, I kind of, like... Grew out of my teenage years and, no. and, and started going with the regular green Mountain Dew. And, and uh, now I'm going to Cherry Coke. And golly, next thing you know, I'm going to be my dad and just drinking Diet Pepsi. And <laughs> drinking half, half a cheeseburger, split a cheeseburger with mom. God dang it. This is it. This is growing up. That's this is it. what growing up. You just is. saw your. If they could have saw your face right there, you're kind of. Oh. You kind of stalled. You kind of saw your future for a is second. Is this what there. an epiphany is? <laughs> I think is that, that. I'm not 100 percent sure what that word means, but I think this is what an epiphany is. God dang it! Next time we're out, if you ask me to split a cheeseburger with you, I'm leaving. Is this when I plan my funeral? Like, is that like look into a nursing home insurance and. Oh, God dang it. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, sorry about that. Uh, that that was totally I'm not, not sorry about it. Yeah, you ain't sorry about it. You ain't sorry about nothing, old Matt. Uh, no. Well, we got a... Uh, we got an episode. I first off, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say uh, t-shirts are on their way to uh, most of the people that ordered them and paid for them, and not most of the people, all the people that ordered them and paid for them. Um, this is probably coming out on Monday. I would think some of you guys might get them on Monday already. Some of you guys might uh, um, get them on Tuesday. Um, the plan was to get them out uh, early last week and. Uh, um, it just didn't didn't happen like that. Our uh, our post office is only open till uh, four thirty in Rock Rapids, and I get off work at four fifteen, and um, I I'm supposed to get off work at four fifteen, and sometimes you don't get off work until four thirty right. if uh, UPS doesn't uh, doesn't work out, and um, then after work I was doing a little bit of wheeling and dealing on some automobiles. You were you were a busy guy. Yeah, real busy. And uh, I pulled the trigger on two of them. Two. 
Don't worry, guys. This isn't uh, this. The podcast isn't doing that good. And one isn't in a brand new bass boat either. So. No, no, but it should have been. <laughs> but uh, no, I got myself a new little Chevy Colorado, and my wife got herself a minivan. That's right. So there we are again. There we oh, dang it. Again, oh, this is circle. it. It's full circle. <laughs> oh man. Oh dang it! Is you, might this, just, you might just have just to keep yourself young. You might have to go get some fancy rims for that Colorado or something like that. I was thinking maybe like a pair of like white and gray New Balance shoes. <laughs> Careful! I think that's what Oiler wears, isn't it? Hey, it is. It is. <laughs> but he's pretty old, so <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So whatever, guys. Uh, we we finally got those T-shirts sent out, and uh, I apologize for the delay, but they are on their way, and I hope you all enjoy them. Um, for those of you that uh, that reached out to us and do want them but didn't pay for them, reach back out um, here and uh, we'll we'll get it all set up. Um, we do the PayPal, we do the Venmo. Uh, if you want to meet downtown, you know, if you're not from far away from here, uh, you know, and you don't have that type of stuff, don't want to send cash in the mail. We, we we get to Sioux Falls, we get to Okaboji, you know, we can we can do something. But um, yeah, that's that. Um, God dang it. I feel like there was one other housekeeping item that I really had to talk about. Um, I want to thank all of you guys. Uh, these last few episodes have, have been big episodes. Yeah. Like a lot of people reaching out and we appreciate that. Yep. A lot of people reaching out, a lot of shares on Facebook, a lot of likes on Facebook. Um, the numbers are, are huge. The, the listens, uh, I mean, these are some of the biggest, uh, some of the biggest episodes we've had. And, uh, felt good you know we had kind of hit a plateau there for a couple months and uh now we're we're back. lifting back <laughs> off that and uh so no we appreciate it and uh yeah we couldn't do it without you guys i i still can't believe that there's uh thousands of you out there that uh listen to me and matt ramble every <laughs> single week and uh, it's amazing we apologize <laughs> that uh that at the end of uh listening to us you're like holy moly I just, uh, I wasted one whole entire hour <laughs> listening to those morons, those dirt bags, so there, those as, dirt bags. As long as you, uh, look forward to doing it again in the next week too. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, God, I can't believe I spent that time listening to those guys. I'll right. do it again next week. Right. Right. Like I liked getting kicked in the nuts so much this <laughs> last time. I'm willing to do it again next Monday. Let's see what those two guys yeah. are talking this week. <laughs> yep. And, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, like all these people out there listen to us. Strictly as a self-esteem booster, like, you know what? I don't have it together, but I've got it together more than those dudes. So, <laughs> so whatever. It is what it is. We've said it once. We've said it again. We're just some regular dudes that uh, that like to go fishing. We uh, like talking fishing. We like, we like to go fishing. We like talking fishing. And uh, for one hour a week, we don't mind sitting in our basement. My basement. Your basement. Yeah, yeah. We're not a couple. <laughs> we're not a couple. I mean, Matt's asked me out, and I'm like, dude, yeah. no, no keeps turning me down yeah <laughs> yeah all right that was weird yeah, that was that weird I, oh, matt was. tried locking eyes with me you guys didn't see that but yeah. that's what happened while you're while your rod's on the table right here that's a fishing rod you freaking <laughs> dirtbag all right but uh no so so like we well, like we just said you know one hour a week me and matt we get together and uh we talk fishing and we record it and you guys listen to it we thank you but uh here, here's here's something that we kind of want to talk about is, uh, you know, me and Matt have pressure every single week to get together, you know, 
I've got to make sure that it's all right with my family. Matt's got to make sure it's all right with his family. I mean, we have jobs. Matt's a coach. I'm a firefighter. You know, there's there's a lot of added stuff that goes into this. And sometimes, you know, it just doesn't happen. You guys understand that. That's when the episodes come out on Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. But there are guys that are content creators for a living. Like this is how they make their living. And that's the YouTubers. That's, you know, guys with big podcasts, you know, that's, uh, you know, guys like a, a Mike Olson or a James Holst, you know, that have real TV shows that travel around and, uh, you know, do, you know, do fishing videos for a living, you know, one episode a week or whatever, Jason Mitchell's, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, all these guys are, are battling for sponsorships. So are tournament anglers. That's right. And there's a little bit of a of, of a rivalry there between the tournament anglers and the content creators because for so long, the tournament anglers were the guys that were getting the sponsorships. Right. Now, all of a sudden, there's a new player in the game, the content creators. And I think the content creators are like, you don't need to be tournament angling to get this money. The tournament anglers are like, these guys aren't even real fishermen. There's a crossover. Right. There really is. It's Like you said, they are starting to battle for all those sponsorships and just even like should do you dare say airtime and right no and, for sure and like you said a little bit ago with the content creators for the youtubers and stuff like that those guys um yeah they couple shows a week and stuff like that sometimes they do have more to offer than a tournament angler where a tournament angler is you know they only have you know so many tournaments in a year and when they're not fishing the tournaments, they're practicing for it. They want to practice for it and everything like that. So when, you know, with, with the emergence of the Guggen squad and, you know, more locally in our area, you know, three thirty maniac and Sobe and yep. fishing more. And, you know, the guys up North, uh, you know, uh, uncut angling and Jay Siemens and, and whatever, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's the big guys up in this area. And so any of these Northern, uh, you know, fishing companies, you know, Minnesota's got a lot of fishing companies, you know, I mean, those are the guys that are going for those sponsorships, but then you got guys like Seth fighter and Bob Downey and Austin Felix and, you know, Pat Schlopper, the, you know, the new Bassmaster elite guy, uh, Caleb Koopfall. I mean, that's, that's just guys from, you know, Minnesota, you know, Wisconsin, Josh Douglas with shields, you yep. know, Hey guys, you know, I mean, you, you look at what the tournament anglers are, are spending and, uh, you know, I mean, $30,000 a year, you know, to go out on the road and fish the opens, you know, if, if, if you're trying to qualify for the elites, if you're already in the elites, I mean, eight tournaments all over the United States, you know, from Florida to New York to, you know, South Dakota, back down to Texas, yeah, you know, they're all over. Right. I mean, and, and you need a, you don't, you don't get away with a five-year-old boat. No. You don't get away with five-year-old electronics, and you don't get away with a five-year-old pickup. No. there's You got all that expenses to think about. And then on top of it, too, I mean, just, yeah, the travel, it just, it is crazy. So, I, I got to ask you a question here, Matt. Yes, sir. So, obvi obviously, you know, the, the tournament anglers are like, you know, these YouTubers, you know, they're not even good fishermen. You know, here they are getting sponsorship dollars and, and whatever, and, uh, you know, YouTubers, you know, they, they spend a thousand dollars on a camera and a couple dollars on the polls and they get to go do whatever they want. I like tournament fishing just as much as the next guy, but who's the stupid one? Right. Well, I know it's, 
I, I think what drives the tournament anglers now is that that competitiveness. Right. That competitive juice in them. Uh, a lot of those guys, that's what they grew up wanting to do and seeing. But I think now, like, when you think about the younger generations getting into the fishing industry, you see more of those guys looking up to the content creators and want to be YouTube stars compared to the fishing or the tournament anglers and stuff. And and is that because, you know, uh, Sobe can go out on, you know, uh, Lake Mille Lacs and, and, you know, go, go camping out on lakes, Lake Mille Lacs in his hub shelter and, uh, you know, go walleye fishing for, you know, an evening and, and spend the night and, you know, catch a walleye while he's in his pajamas the next morning while he's in bed. Cause, cause they do that. And guess what? Any freaking dude that lives a hundred miles away from there can do the same thing. Exactly. Not anybody can go down and fish the Kissimmee chain of lakes in their $85,000 bass boat with their $85,000 pickup, you know, and, and is that what the deal is? It's, is, is tournament fishing gotten so expensive, gotten so out of touch with the, the average angler that it just, it's, it's lost its, because I mean, yeah. I, I'm still super I think, interested, but right. I can't do it. I think it's, I think that the, the content creating and stuff like that is more practical for people. Like right. you're kind of getting at there, like anybody can do it. Anybody, if you want to buy a, I mean, heck your cell phones now, the, the way the cameras are in the cell phones now, you can record awesome videos and a lot stuff of them like dudes that. Do and, it on their phones. Yeah. And just make all kinds of great content. And if you get into the editing part of it, which, you know, a lot of these younger people, even like older people start getting into it and start realizing sometimes it is easier than what they thought they you know, I don't know if like the older generation is kind of, it's still kind of that whole technology thing that they're afraid of the technology. So they lean towards the tournament anglers a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It's tough to see. I, I think what is cool is the fact that you're starting to see some of these tournament anglers and the content creators kind of get together. Switch over though, you know. Right. Well, I, I'm thinking like they, they're, yeah, you see, they're like kind of combining the best of both worlds. You know, some of these guys that are content creators sometimes aren't that great in front of the screen. So yeah, it's just kind of like, right. but I mean, their videography that they do, all that stuff that they can put together and come up with their in their brains, it's awesome. Right, right. So if they can get, and one thing about a lot of the tournament anglers, those guys are used to doing like seminars and shows as part of their profession, that they are really good in front of the camera or in front of the crowd and stuff right. like that. So when they come together, I mean, man, they put some sweet videos together right and you know some guys have it and some guys don't and i suppose that's kind of hard because everybody you know i think everybody wants to be in front of the camera like a uh an aaron weeb you know with uncut right. angling you know i mean people think he's funny you know he does he does goofy things dude can catch him you know i mean i think everybody who is a youtube content creator you know wants to be him you know they want to be uh, you know, one of the Googans, and I'm not saying that they actually like the Googans, but they want that success. You know, they want people to genuinely be interested in what they're doing every other day, right. you know, and, and, you know, some, some guys are good in front of the camera and they make people laugh and they're interesting and whatever. And some guys aren't, but you know, like you said, you know, they, they still might be spectacular anglers. They're just not that good of talkers. I mean, you see that on the elite series, you know, you I, see that oh everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, some some of the best fishermen are kind of bland when it comes to, you know, talking and being in front of the, the camera and, and, you know, doing seminars, like you said. And when you can find two guys, you know, one guy that loves fishing, 
but it's a spectacular videographer. And the other guy that's, you know, a, a really good fisherman, a lot of these, you know, guys are starting to do a lot of, a lot of the tournament anglers are, you know, Brian Latimer, yeah. uh, you know, Scott Martin, all these guys, they're wildly successful with their YouTube following and social media following. And, uh, now you get guys like Sobe and even now Rob Turkla of, you know, Lunkers TV, one of the Googans, they're fishing some of the opens. Sobe did it on the co-angler side. Rob yep. is going to do the pro side of all nine Bassmaster opens yep. next year. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, for a lot of these guys, even the content creators, they're, they're competitive people, you know, that's, that's what made them successful. And, you know, after you shoot 300 videos catching, you know, crappies, you know, on, on your local lake, you know, I mean, you see a lot of these guys that get into ruts. I mean, well, yeah, Alex Parrott sure. got into a rut, you know, sometimes I mean, you need to step away from it and right. re- reevaluate it. And then, you know, sometimes, like you said, you get so caught up every week doing you kind of feel like you're doing the same thing, just kind of in that hamster wheel. Right. And then eventually you just kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I do need to take some time and just re- reevaluate it. I mean, and I think everybody needs to do that. I think tournament yep. anglers do that, need to do that, content creators. Um, even we've done that before, you know. It's just, you just kind of like, okay, like which – you sit down and you talk about, like, okay, which direction, like what's the vision and stuff. And, you know, like the tournament anglers, they – They've got to stop and do that. Like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? I mean, what is, is the financial part of it? You know, am I... Is being is, away from the family right, that much? And my, right. You know. Like, am I missing stuff? Could I go and start doing... Maybe, you know, some of them professional anglers are like, well, maybe if I start doing more of, like, the content creating and working with these other companies, it might be more successful in the long run than trying to go out there and chase these tournament checks and stuff. So. Look at Mike Iconelli. Right. Mike Iconelli, who is probably top five most successful bass tournament anglers of all time. You know, I mean, not, not just in, you know, tournaments, but I mean, Mike is a businessman, you know, like he knows how to sell himself. He's got Ike, you know, branded Abu Garcia rods, you know, whatever. He's had a couple TV shows. He did not sign on to fish major league fishing this coming year because he said, I've just got too many other projects that could be taking off that he right. just couldn't commit to it. And he said, you know, he he really enjoyed last year being at home with the family and whatever. And, you know, I I think he's going to, you know, I I don't, I have no clue what he's going to do. If he'll fish a couple opens when he feels like it and, uh, you know, maybe a couple Toyota series, who knows, but. uh, Well, and I think the thing with all those guys too is like, they're able to accept their failures and learn from them and move on. You know, like some of those guys that are, you know, you're going to have some episodes that just don't go. Right. And it's just like, you can't just be like, well, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Right. We're not going to do it anymore. Same way with the tournament angler. You can't have a, you have one bad tournament. You can't be like, well, yep. maybe. Piss on that. I'm right, done. I'm yep. done. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, looking at those both of these things, I always kind of go with the two E things. I mean, is it entertain, educational and entertaining? You know, like, when you're watching the YouTube things, is it is it entertaining? And then I look at. I look at that as my entertainment, the YouTube fishermen and stuff like that. But when you want to learn something, you're usually going and finding like a professional angler. Either you're reaching out to them and talking to them about it, or, you know, you're going to YouTube and looking and chances are there's usually a video. Like if I'm trying to learn the ins and outs of a drop shot, we'll say, you know, you, you go on and you search that and, oh, okay, this guy, you know, I know who he is. 
I'm going to watch yeah. it and BMC learn from it. Hooks will have something with right. Seth Fighter up yeah. on the lax learning how to drop shot boulder piles. So, yep. I mean, that's where I think that that crossover is pretty cool. And even the TV shows now, too, are starting to kind of, when they start doing the YouTube TV and everything like that, they're, you kind of get the both, best of both worlds there, too, because it is entertaining um, and it is educational. Then sometimes, like you say, you know, you talk about like Wasobi ice camping. It's entertaining. Yep. Oh, I for mean, sure, for sure. I mean, you can learn a few things about like, oh, okay, this is kind of what you learned or thinking that you're going to expect. But that's their part of it is, I mean, they have to have something that's entertaining all the time. I don't think that I watch, you know, I, I watch Fish and More with Murray. I watch Sobe. I watch Mav. I watch Jay Siemens. I watch, you know, Uncut Angling. I watch Mindak Outdoors. I'll be honest. I don't know that I watch any of them for the education factor. Right. You know, I mean, I, I know that they do. I, yeah. I, I think that occasionally they do try to deliver on some of that stuff, but I don't personally watch it for the education factor. I watch it for the entertainment factor. Like you said, if I'm looking for education, I'll look up an angling buzz video. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, type in drop shotting smallmouth, and, you know, I will look that up. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, and everyone's probably a little bit different. I suppose that there's, you know, people that log on to podcasts that are, you know, that want to learn something. You know, some of these podcasts out there are teaching you, you know, I mean, they're they're going to sit there and talk to you about, uh, you know, throwing chatterbaits, you know, what the right. best rod is for a chatterbait, what the best line is for a chatterbait, you know, uh, where where you need to be throwing them. And, and you're going to get done with 30-minute uh, episode and you're going to know how to throw a chatterbait. That's not our show, really. You know, I mean, we, we kind of dip on it a little bit, you know, right. maybe we sometimes. To, you know, we have people reach out and ask us questions like that, and we're always willing to answer questions like that. Right. Or at least get them in contact with somebody that might know a little <laughs> bit what better. what our about, answer's worth. I mean, well, if somebody <laughs> contacted us and asked us about, you know, using a cane pool for fishing, I mean, we couldn't really answer that, but we could get them in touch with Cody, Cody Magnuson. Yeah, so, cane, I mean, yeah. old cane pool Cody. Yeah, you know, he's a so. local expert. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I don't know. And it, it's, it's something, it's something that really, uh, I kind of got thinking about, you know, with seeing a lot of these tournament anglers, you know, getting geared up for this year and, you know, some of them talking about starting YouTube channels and whatever. Well, and some know. of them like all of a sudden are changing, are changing sponsors. For sure. Like you yeah. were talking about, that's kind of how this all started. It's like, are they competing for sponsorship money? And, you know, some of these companies, cause they're businesses, they sit down and be like, you know, we're getting a lot more, you know, bang for our buck, buck with this guy, right? Compared to this professional angler, you know, yeah, we get the name associated with our brand, but really, you know, the upside of this one is more than him. So all of a sudden, they they start talking, and all of a sudden, they might say, you know, we're going to kind of drop down what our partnership is a little bit, and then all of a sudden, that angler is kind of like, well, all right, I guess I'm going to have to probably go pursue something else. Well, John B. and and Alex Perrick, I believe, both got new Lund boats, yep. I believe. Yep. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, but say Lund Boats is going to sponsor five people this year, and John B. and Alex Perrick each get, you know, 500,000 views per you know, per video that they put out there and, you know, we'll say, uh, golly, I don't even, we'll say Gerald Swindle, you know, Gerald Swindle, one of the biggest guys 
I mean, Gerald Swindle does some YouTube stuff. Gerald Swindle does some Facebook and Instagram stuff, whatever. And Gerald Swindle fishes the Bassmaster Elite Series. And maybe if he's doing really good, gets a camera in his boat and and ends up on Bassmaster Live. Right. That's not 500,000 views. Exactly right. And that's and that's one, maybe eight times a year. Eight times a year. You know, if that. I mean, if, if they're doing really good. And these guys are doing videos two times of, a year. I was going to say or two, two times, times a week. week. So, Maybe three times a week. There's sometimes where they're cranking them out, you know, per near every day. Right. And and don't get me wrong, like, but I'll I'll, co- I'll come battle back for the tournament angler here, um, in saying, like, like I'm saying, you know, John B and Alex Perrick, they don't give a rip what kind of boat they are. You know, they're right. in. They're not really putting their boat through the harshest conditions every day. You know, like Gerald Swindle is. If Chip, if Trip Weldon says, "Hey, we're we're fishing today." You bet your ass, you know, uh, Gerald Swindle's got to run the big water and and go and catch fish. So, you know, I mean, if if Alex Perrick looks out there and, yeah, it's kind of raining and it's a little bit windy, I ain't fishing today. uh, And, and, you know, I don't think head-to-head Alex Perrick is not going to beat Gerald Swindle. So I still respect Gerald Swindle's opinion more than what I, you know, the YouTubers. So, I mean... What I'm saying is like the YouTubers are going to get in your face a little bit more, but when Gerald Swindle says, this is the best boat, you know, Gerald Swindle, a Phoenix boat guy, this is the best boat. I think it holds more weight when Gerald Swindle says, this is my boat. This is what you should be buying because this is why I like it. Then it's like, all right, Gerald Swindle said it. That's it. But do you think that that should be like when you're going in to buy something that should be like the deciding factor for you? Because I think about it like this year, and we were just talking about this with all the amount of guys that are switching boat brands this year. So oh, all right, of a sudden, it's right. just they like, go where the money is, yeah. Right. So it's all of a sudden, it's just like, oh man, this guy, he's, you know, he's ran a Bass Cat for all these years. Bass Cat, you know, if, if, he's my favorite. If that's what he's running, that's what I'm going to run. You go out, you get yourself a brand new Bass Cat, then all of a sudden, boom, you hear the news that they're going to a different one this year, and you're just kind of like, oh. I mean, it was a huge deal a couple years ago when you mentioned Gerald Swindle that he went is running a Phoenix boat. He'd been Triton for all for a long, long time, right? And everybody's kind of like, "Whoa, they're switching brand, boat brands!" And it's just like, the truth is, is that all they're all damn nice boats, so. right? But I mean, you know, I guess with well, being it, the Midwest Angler Podcast, we'll kind of relate this a little bit more back to Midwest instead of as, as much bass fishing as what we normally talk. But I mean, you you look at some of these guys fishing the NWT. I'll be honest, if Corey Sprangle or John Hoyer says this is the best walleye boat, that that holds a little bit of weight for me right. compared to if I'm sitting at, at Chamberlain on the river and some old guy comes in at, you know, uh, uh, comes into the boat ramp and says, man, we just caught a limit out there in my, in my Lund boat. You know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love, you know, Lund boats are spectacular, but, uh, I mean, I still do. Those guys, even though they're getting paid to say it, I guess, you know, when, when the videos are going on, you, you might just see a little feature, you know, in the video that's like, Hey, that little compartment's kind of cool. You know? Well, I think, I think us is, I think people like that are like the hardcore fishermen, you know, the people that are really into the fishing tend to tend to almost listen to the professional anglers more than like the people that are just kind of like. Oh, they go sometimes. They just if I if I got some free time, I would go fishing. They seem like they're the ones that you know kind of like listen more to like oh you know the Guggen squad. I mean right. Look at oh that's the Guggen's bait. That's what I saw those guys on 
on YouTube. So that's what I'm going to buy is the Guggen's. And I just, I, I'll be honest, you know, you know how much I can't stand the Guggen squad. Well, I guess I don't know all of them. I don't watch any of their videos, but like Alex Perrick, right. John Beat. You want to know the two videos that I have watched for those guys for sure? The Are, one where they get kicked out of a hotel? <laughs> well, not that one. But both when they both did the walkthrough of their new Lund boat, their new Lund boat, yep, their Bass Pro Bass eighteen seventy fives. I was just like, you know, I've always kind of like wanted to know what those things look like. So right. they kind of took showed all the different compartments and stuff, and they really didn't know what they were taught. Like to be honest with you, I knew more about their boats than what they did. Right, but uh, well, you're an expert. Well, hardly that mega motor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, just kidding. But I mean, but it's just like. I mean, so somebody watching is like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's wow, man, that's awesome. Like, like they got a compartment. They're like, I guess I don't know what I would do with this compartment, but it's huge and stuff. It's like, well, you'd put this probably in there, man. Right. And, but other people are like, man, no, I could fit my whole thirty-two quart cooler in there or something. So it's just, I, I don't know. I that's where those the YouTube the content creators kind of come into play. Sometimes they might catch a person that normally doesn't watch their stuff and they see that and they're like, oh, okay, I'll take a look at this this time. So here's one. Are you more, uh, you know, as a, as a regular fisherman, are you quicker to listen to the opinion of an NWT guy or a Bassmaster guy? Beings that the NWT guy, there's a chance he doesn't have quite as sweet of a deal as a Bassmaster Elite Series guy because, you know, the NWT is a little bit of a smaller stage. Right. You know, a lot some of these NWT guys... There, there's dudes fishing the NWT that paid 100% for their whole boat. Right. You know, they literally went to a marina, you know, financed it, spent cash on it, whatever. But 100% of that is out of their own pocket. And I don't think that there's probably very many guys on the Elite Series that are actually paying for their own boat. Right. I, well, you know, I guess, I mean, that's just kind of comparing apples to oranges i guess there uh, but if you're going to spend like, your own damn money on it you're going to get what you actually right, think it, like right. jason christie doesn't think express boats are the best boats exactly he but he just, got a free express, express boat, boat so he's running an express boat this right. year and they and who knows if they come in and they say you know we'll pay for like all your entry fees and stuff like that i mean you're it's it's hard to say no for to sure that. that's his job but, but i know there are saying. literally guys on the national walleye tour and they might just be a local guy that isn't even going to fish all of them but there are guys on the nwt that are truly 100 percent paying for their own boat and them and their wives you know fished in that boat you know they're four years old you know six years old whatever that's the guy who i trust because right i mean he bought that he spent his money on that boat he, he truly at that point chose, in time, he truly that was the best boat for his buck right you know, and sometimes then to go along with that is like some of the best guys to talk to than our guides. Oh, for That's sure. That's who I like yeah. to talk to when it comes to buying boats because those guys, you know, they, they're out there every day in it and they got to go out there in some different weather a lot of the times. So. Right. And you know that they're not getting a huge sponsorship right. deal from right. those. So. Well, you know, so, so we talked about the pressure and, and, you know, earlier we talked about Aaron Weeb and, uh, probably about two and a half months ago, right during early ice. I mean, I don't know if it was late October or something like that. Aaron Weeb went out and uh, fished for crappies and he fell through. He fell through. He later, like, you know, went back out there because the ice disappeared because they got some wind and got some nicer days. And uh, 
he went out there with a live scope and picked up all most of his equipment that had fallen down through the uh fallen down through the ice whatever blah 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 uh really neat video fine dandy whatever but then he went on like a two-month hiatus where he did not make any more youtube videos i've heard he got a divorce uh you know whatever but he kind of talked about the pressure of getting out these uh these these youtube videos and uh you know, I, I kind of relate that back. You know, I think about some of these guys, you know, up in Minnesota that are doing this YouTube deal and you watch them trespass on, you know, private ponds and whatever, and they make videos and they post it. And, and then there's companies that sponsor these guys. And it, you know, it's kind of like, well, what the heck, you know, like, how are they all right with this? You know, whatever. I'm not going to throw shade at them any longer. That's fine. But, uh, I mean, I, I think it's the pressure, oh, yeah. you know, Murray Hebert, you know, with fishing more, uh, you know, a while back, you know, I think he was running a little bit short on money. He bought a house, whatever. And, and he said, you know, Hey guys, I can't afford to drag my boat out to the lake and make a video all the time. So he started, you know, doing more videos like with his Traeger grill. He started doing more videos, fishing from shore, you know, whatever. But you know, if, if these videos don't produce, you're not getting paid. Right. Yeah. It was so exactly that's why the clickbait comes in. You know, yeah. that's where, why all this stuff comes in. Well, you know, and, life happens with that stuff. And right. I think that's what people got to realize sometimes too, with those things is that, you know, we yeah, you, you can't wait for the next video, but you know, a situation like that where they, he bought his first house, we've all bought houses. We all know there's always usually something that needs to be done on the house or right. be fixed or there's something you could be doing. So, I mean, sometimes those things have to happen before yeah. the other thing. And, uh, yeah, it just gets in the way. I mean, well, it doesn't get in the way. It's just, it happens. I mean, right. life happens. Well, and I, I still liked the shore videos too. Right. You know, it just, it, it kind of sucks when you have to hear a guy say like, Hey guys, money's getting a little bit tight right now. Right. And, uh, so, you know, this is why the videos are the way they are, you know, for the next couple times or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I think I, I get an appreciation out of it when those guys do that, where they're like shore fishing or they change it up and stuff right. instead of always out in a boat, like up on this lake. It's like, cause as anybody can do the shore fishing. I mean, right. so, I mean, yeah, having a bunch of different things that you can do. You talk about him doing the grilling stuff. Sometimes that's fun to see. Although I am kind of getting sick of all the catch and cook, catch, clean, oh, yeah. cook catch, videos. Catch, clean, cook. Like, catch, clean, cook. Catch, clean, like, cook. Okay, that was cool, but now everybody's doing them. It's like, catch, okay. clean, cook. It's like you don't have to do that every episode. Catch, clean, cook. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm totally there too because, like, I guess for me, I don't clean a whole lot of fish. So, um, yeah, it, that part to me just is not quite as interesting. But, um, you know, so, so here's the next thing, like kind of trying to show – how much reach you have, you know, like for us, when, uh, when, when we're on a few different platforms, you know, I know how many views or listens we get a week. You can go on any YouTubers, uh, you know, YouTube channel and you can see how many subscribers they have, how many, you know, views they get per video. How do you, you know, how do you exactly do that on, you know, a, a tournament angler. Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, if, if Jared Fredericks, you know, fishing the NWT, you know, and, and, uh, uh, you know, I think like Claire Van Grau construction and, uh, you know, blackfish gear and, and clam and whatever, you know, they sponsor Jared Fredericks and, and that's cool that they do that. That's not, this not where I'm going with this, but, uh, you know, I mean, does Jared have to go to, you know, so many, uh, 
you know, so many seminars at, you know, at the local shields and talk about walleye fishing and, you know, no one's there counting heads, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know, there's 74 people that showed up to listen to Jared Frederick's talk, you know, that that's not how that goes. You know, I mean, how do you, how do you know what you're getting bang for your buck? You know, I know when I, I go look at a Sobe video, you know, that he got 7,500 watches in the past five days. Like I know that, you know, so that that's another you know that's a whole nother deal you know how do you do that yeah it's just and it goes along with like with their social media you look in there and see how many followers they have but that always kind of is deceiving too because you can get a lot of people that have just like clicked it and oh right and right click the follow button and then yeah well and um, i mean we got are they putting quality pictures out i mean like you said that goes back to that pressure with a content creator I mean, they there's a lot of they get scrutinized a lot. So you got to be, I mean, even like the professional anglers, everybody right. does. Everybody gets scrutinized these days. So. Well, there's a guy up north who uh, you know has a podcast that uh, um, puts it on Facebook and then he shares it 500 times and uh, turns around and says, you know, hey, this is how many views my podcast is getting. Well, that's not true. It's you know, every single person that scrolls by it, you know, whatever, and and you know, so that's that's what he says. You know, well, that's not true. You, you can't fake a YouTube, uh, you can't fake a YouTube deal. Right. So I don't know. It is what it is. I think it's a cool topic to talk about and, and, uh, yeah, we, we're not really necessarily taking shots at anyone. No, no, not at all. It's just, it's just something interesting. It's like, it's yep. different paths. It's, it, it is cool that people have all those paths now to go down. There's so many of them. We've talked about that before. I mean, if you want to be an outdoor writer, I mean, right. that's still cool. I mean, that's still relevant. Uh, uh, there's still people that actually will read people's articles online or yeah, unless it's Scott Mockington, they skip over those. I just like it and go. <laughs> 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 no, he did a pretty cool episode with Jason Mitchell. He did. He I did, did actually send him a nice text message and say, "Dude, that was pretty awesome." Oh, are you drunk? No. You sent a nice text message to Mockington? Kind of. Not really, but it's like committing treason, isn't it? <laughs> no, but yeah, like like say Matt, outdoor writers. You know, I mean. Uh, podcasters. I mean, yeah, there's, there's 580 podcasts that, you know, that, uh, have to do with fishing that got, you know, came out last week. So, I mean, go, you can go listen to any of those. We got, uh, TV shows, yeah, TV I shows. Mean, I mean, just educators, you know, yeah. I mean, just dudes that, that flat out do it. And I don't know it, there's, that's, that's one thing. There's a lot of room. I, I kind of have been missing throughout this whole year and stuff like that is the, um, talker you like when you go to like an ice show or something like that the seminars the seminars yeah yep. it is it is always kind of fun to sit up there and listen to some of those guys that have had the experience well to see people listen. like that in real life is right you know i mean videos are awesome but seeing somebody in real life is pretty sweet right and then to be able to ask them a question uh, that's what i was gonna say when it's I all mean, said and done walk up there and say like hey you said this now what do you what do you think about when this happens right and you know oh well that you know yeah whatever it's cool yeah. yeah. All right, Matt. Sensitive anglers. Sensitive. There's a lot of sensitive anglers out there. There are a lot of sensitive anglers. There's a couple sensitive podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most sensitive angler? You know, as much as it, I, you and I were talking about this, we've talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to go out there and say uh, us bass anglers are pretty sensitive like when it comes to, and now when we talk about sensitive, when I'm talking about sensitive, I mean like, when you're online and you see somebody post a picture of something like that, I mean, we're really quick to attack our own. 
Really? Like, you think so? How you're holding the fish, that's bad for its jaw. That thing's over five pounds. You need to be supporting the belly on that thing. Okay, when, I, I when, get okay. When, 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 you know, somebody's got a picture of, you know, a 20-plus-inch bass, even, it don't matter if it's a dang little kid. Oh, been nice to – and there's that in every group, but I just think it seems like whenever a bass angler sees a dead bass, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Compared even, even, I mean, at least walleye fishermen, somebody brings in a limit of 17 inches. They're like, Hey, that's awesome. You know, you caught fish, you know, because that's kind of more of a eating fish and stuff like that. So they're not quick to jump on them. All bass anglers will say, if you're going to keep a bass, they'll say, if you're going to keep a bass, keep the ones that are like 15 inches. Yeah. 14 to 16 inches and eat those. Okay, so I post a picture of a limit of 14 to 16-inch bass that are on my cleaning table, <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting chastised. Why, why, well, no, we can't catch no two- or three-pound bass when you're catching 14, 16-inch bass and eating those. It's like, guys, you told me that that's the ones I should You know, like this person out fishing for panfish, Yep, they got a bucket full of, you know, crabbies and sunfish and stuff like that, and you see one 15-inch bass in there, Oh, great fish. Too bad you didn't throw the bass back. I'm guilty of it. Right. I mean, I've never commented on it. I've never. Don't get me wrong. I'm right. Not you like, get your. Even even if you don't comment it, you're throwing through and you're like, well, go figure. Look at that guy. He kept the bass. Yep. That's, and it's, a, that's and it's what just, it is. It's just kind of like they can. Yep. You know, and sometimes that's good for the fishery it that is, those things is. come out of there. It's just, you know, it does suck when you do see like a stringer full of huge ones and four, stuff four like four pounders yeah it'd be nice to do that but i mean even when i'm on vacation during the summer at that resort you go into the cleaning station to clean your bluegills and stuff like that and open up the freezer and there all the guts are and there's bass laying in there and, yep. it's, and it's just kind of like well, i guess that's everybody's prerogative so how many people keep bass that just don't know any better Oh, a, a fish lot. is a fish. Oh, a so, lot. That's you know, what I mean they, when you're out there just panfishing. It would have been a carp and they could have, right. you know. They're, well, they're you see that sometimes all of a sudden somebody's got like a sheep's head mixed in there and all of us, even though I've been told that Brent they Lockwood are. Brendan Lockwood says they're awesome. Right. They are. Uh, I don't know if you see that right there, but this deal right here is on something on my table right here. This is out of a sheep head. Right. Yep. I know it's like their eardrum or something like that. Lockwood said it's good luck. Yeah. So I, it just you know they're just like well we're gonna keep it in people are like are you serious that's a sh- you're eating that and that's why i say i just think that bass fishermen are the are the most sensitive people out there are they more sensitive than musky anglers well i don't know about that a musky angler i mean then, there is now, truly now you're talking, death threats right now you're talking like you had that fish out of the water for 15.2 seconds they're only supposed to be out of the water for 15 seconds and you had it out 15 too you are the reason why the fishing is terrible yep. <laughs> so 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 okay he, he, and we've all and we've and we've been there i've been there as a bass fisherman i've like you said i've done that as a musky guy i've done that been like man this guy caught it on look at that he caught it walleye fishing and you know that thing got kept and thrown okay so so if i was to go on a black hills south dakota fishing page and say, just caught, and I don't even know what a trophy size lake trout is, but I just caught this trophy size lake trout. What's the best way to cook it? If I wrote that on there, if I went on Minnesota, we'll just say Minnesota's page, and uh, said, hey, I just caught a 
six pound smallmouth out of Mille Lacs. What's the best way to cook it? And then we went to South Dakota fishing page and said, just caught a 30 inch walleye. What's the best way to cook it? Which one's going to get attacked the most? I think I honestly think the smallmouth bass. The smallmouth bass is still okay. Just because I just think that there's more of those anglers out there, and they're a little bit more. They'll talk a little bit more. You so you think even even more than the walleye guys? I think more than the walleye guys. Is it because the walleye guys? You know, because walleye is an acceptable fish to keep at times. Yeah. And in bass, their eyes, right? In their for eyes. sure, yeah. That's and, why and, and, every every single walleye fisherman that goes right. out there and and fishes for walleye keeps walleye. Right. Not every single guy that goes out there and keeps bass keeps bass. Not every guy that goes out and catches muskie keeps a muskie. And not you know, right. Quite the opposite. It is ninety nine percent of the people that catch bass let them go. Ninety nine percent of the people that catch lake trout let them go. Ninety nine percent of the people that catch muskie let them go. Ninety nine percent of the people that catch walleye keep them keep them and eat them so that's i mean it is it's just kind of funny how that works but i i just think it is i the, the bass guys it's just they're they'll get on you they'll they'll get after you about it it's guys like you that are the problem with that's the why, sport matt that's why <laughs> that's why that meme that was going around from the stepbrothers thing where the, they're acting like they're dead the one's dead and he's holding them in his hands. And he's like bass fisherman and dead bat. And the one that's acting like he's dead, they're like in a dead bass. And he's like crying, like, Aah. and it is like a like a bass fisherman. If they kill a bass, it's just like it's kind of like the end of the world. It's just like, oh crap, I that thing died, you know, and you know. But then walleye anglers, anglers, some of them aren't, not all of them, but they look at you like you're crazy if you're out there, like, oh, you went walleye fishing. How did you do? It's like, well, we caught quite a few. Oh, so you brought some. Well, no, just let them all let go. Them all They're go, just yeah. like, you let them all go. It's like, you didn't. Whoa, okay. It's like, I mean, I think catch and release sometimes. Like, it's taboo just, in that. Well, like just going out there, they kind of look at you like weird. Like, then what's the point of being out here? People will drive two hours and try to catch your limit in 15 minutes. And then drive back home. And drive and back home. And that's, and they're just like, oh, yeah. And it's just like, if I'm going to drive that far, I'm, I want to fish. Like, the whole dang day <laughs> right so i what do you think who do you think is the do you think it is the bass do you think it is the walleye well, guys i'm gonna go out and say that i think um i don't even think musky anglers are they're not the same as other anglers like they're, they're in their different. whole entire they're like they're they're not even like fishermen and i'm i am in no way shape or form taking shots at musky anglers because if i could afford the tackle i like i want to fish for musky but like i mean they are so in their own realm like i don't even think that it's it's not even comparable to other other fishermen um who's the most sensitive i'm i I don't know i guess as far as species maybe it is bass maybe it is uh I think I convinced you a little bit there when I gave you the argument of the, you know, the 14, you're going to have 14 or four 14 inch bass laying on a cleaning table and four 14 inch walleyes cleaning on a cleaning table. Well, like I said, I'm guilty of it, but, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see if you would have four 15 inch bass laying on a cleaning table or four 25 plus inch walleyes. I th- I think you would get some serious serious shots taken at you. Oh, for sure. But but the walleye guys will still say, 
Well, if, at least if you're going to keep the walleyes, at least they taste good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then then you get a few of the, the guys that are talking. You know, I mean, it, it's I, I think most of it is all jokes like, you know, that they like to, you know, that they like to eat the, you know, the bass, you know, their bass tastes good, you know, trying to get people to quit keeping, quit keeping walleyes. I don't know. I'm, at least I'm all right with it if they're like, say they're going to clean them and eat them instead of just saying, oh, I caught a smallmouth. I ripped the gills out and threw it back in the lake. Okay. So I got one here. I almost forgot all Uh-oh. about this. I almost forgot all about this. Let me go back to my text messages here. Hopefully it's appropriate. Nothing inappropriate. <laughs> okay, so uh, I got a text message on Thursday from my friend Mitch Lupkus and his buddy Derek Nelson from Spirit Lake, Iowa, texted Mitch and said, Ah, beep, go slap Scott Sturman. He said an eight-inch bluegill is the best eating fish. <laughs> And I said, ha, 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 what's his opinion? I'll talk about him on the next episode. And he said, admittedly, it all eats about the same because we fry with half original and half Cajun shore lunch. It's about efficiency and meat content. So a 16.75 inch walleye. (laughs) 16. All right. You heard it there. (laughs) You heard it here first. 16.75 inch walleye from Derek Nelson. And uh, Derek, you better hope I never catch you because I'll slap you silly, pal. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, you know, I mean, I guess what it really comes down to, Derek, um, you know, probably as far as meat content and, and efficiency, yeah, probably a walleye. But uh, if you want to factor in, you know, fight per fish, uh, you know, bluegills, you know, just fight way better right. than them walleyes. They do. Yep. So, uh you know, you can catch 30-inch walleye and, and fights about the same as a 9-inch bluegill. So, you know, I mean, yeah, then there's that. That's that. There's that. <laughs> All right. That was a good one, Derek. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just like we got, I we said, got, I think it's the, us bass guys just kind of Okay. I, I'll, this, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Matt, you ever caught a deformed fish? I have. In fact, not last summer, but the summer before, I was flipping docks over on Spirit Lake and hooked into a walleye and set the hook and that thing come out shaped like an s now i don't know if it was just because i set the hook so hard on a on a walleye <laughs> and they didn't they're not used to it right they're used to setting the hook on themselves well um, yeah at, at a mile and a half per right. hour <laughs> usually they get stretched out <laughs> not kinked up when you set the hook so yeah that thing had a big old hump back is kind of shaped like an s i i've caught fish with like missing fins right uh you know the the derp nose or whatever they call it i've caught fish that have had that before i mean obviously here in the river a lot of times i think in the river sometimes with the smallmouth with them banging and beating in rocks a lot of right. the times they'll kind of like get some deformities to them so yep. i've caught a couple like that had some kind of goofy growths on them and whatnot right. but you know i know like oakley camping in out in uh uh, the Black Hills has caught some trout like numerous times, right. you know, like two or three times, you know, like a year apart or something like that, you know, that really have some extreme deformities that he knows, like that's the same right. fish. It's... And, uh, I've never, uh, I, I can't say that I've ever had one really extreme like that. I caught a bluegill one time that had like tiger stripes, like, like a, a stripe through it that was almost like it didn't get the pigment there you know i mean yep. it was a brown gold fish and like one stripe right through the middle where it was just a completely like dull light you know not white but like a gray color that like i know something you know happened there this, that was kind of cool um 
trying to think of anything you know at the river of course you know like you say the the banging and beating on them fish uh that's just a little bit different but i can't say you know i've, I've caught ones like that have huge huge holes in their mouth you know oh, yeah. whether that's from a call tab or a stringer and somebody decides to let them go down the road or or whatever um you know yeah caught some that i know clearly you know had gotten attacked by a northern pike or a muskie in oh, the last yeah, little that, while yeah, and, yep. and uh you know so probably the deformed ones that we're talking about, you know, down the road, uh, you know, if if, I, if we would have caught those six weeks later, it probably would have looked a whole lot more yep. deformed. But, you know, at the time, it you know, just had a ripped open belly or whatever. Maybe it died. Who knows? But I don't know. If you guys got any really cool pictures of some deformed fish, send them over to us. Like, I, I want to kind of like put a compilation together. There's this yeah. Justin, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but Sofa, Safa, whatever. I think he's an in-depth outdoors guy. Yep. But uh, he he posted a picture of perch the other day that like was missing its whole entire like top side of its mouth and, yeah. and I mean it was it was cool is that the dirt the, the deal dirt that you're deal yeah but uh and, I don't know I thought that cool. was cool it's cool too when you see people catch like sometimes a blue perch blue perch yeah I mean it, it's just neat to see different things like right. that or different maybe something has a little bit of a different like you said they had like that stripe going through it is How, there such thing as albino fish yeah there is is there yeah. I've seen, I I think that they had an albino gar over at the fish hatchery before. Really? In like that tank. I'm trying to think, you know, if, if, if that is the case, that is the case. I'm trying to think like. Is I there mean, such thing as an albino white bass? <laughs> well, I mean. So, <laughs> wouldn't a, wouldn't a, um albino yellow bass just be a white bass? If, if you caught something. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Took you a little bit to get that one. Huh? Yeah, I had to think about it for a little bit. I tried to tune you out most of the time. But right. I can tell. If you caught if you caught like a twenty seven inch albino walleye, would you mount it? Yeah. I, yeah. That's pretty I mean it's like that's that that's crazier than, than yeah, right. Yeah. It's just like I mean, that's definitely I mean, you could possibly catch more like thirty inch walleyes if you did it a right, light in your for life. Sure. But like to catch a like an albino one that is it's just it's different yeah it could pretend, i mean well beans that i've never I, i've seen 30 inch walleyes i've never right. seen an albino walleye right i don't know we hold on how about you got any like you talk about fish with deformities have you ever like caught any fish like in a like a crazy way like how in the heck did i just catch this fish like i i have a story the reason i bring that up when you started talking about that I can, my uncle and I talk about this a lot of times. We were up in South Dakota perch fishing the one time. Okay. And uh, we were running a few uh, dead sticks. And I was going to set, this was before I had Vexlar and all that stuff. So you right. always get one of those depth finders those that click onto your line or onto your lure that you have. And you drop it down there to set your depth on your bobber. Yep. Well, I was doing that and I had a teardrop <laughs> on there. And I was like... I drop it down to the bottom and I'm just like, what the heck? And I start reeling it and I'm like, God, this feels heavier than what it normally is. And pretty soon it's like, oh, it's fighting. Caught a fish came up and hit, could see the teardrop that it was attached to. And it was like a pink one or something like that. The depth finder was so. Bit so hard it never so, let go. There was no. Right. So it, so I caught, I mean, to this day, he's like, you're the only one that I know that has ever caught a, a perch on or a fish on one of the depth, one of the depth finders. So. Right. I just thought that was crazy. It was just yeah. like, wow, that's wild. No, I've never. I I caught a fish. Uh, I caught a fish down at the river here, like I don't know, two two summers ago, I think. That uh, 
actually still had another jig on it. Yeah, and, uh, I posted the picture, and then we actually found out that it was Matt Graves' right. mom that lost that one like the night before in yeah. the same spot. So that was pretty cool. But uh, otherwise, I, I've never uh, anything cool like like one of them having their mouths or hanging out of them or something. I've like had that when you, I've caught smallmouth that. Yeah, yeah. I've never no. I've never caught a fish that actually like had another fish eat it while while you know you were reeling in. But I, you know, we did come close where right. out yellow bass fishing, where you know a muskie or a northern tried attacking our yellow bass as we were reeling them in. Ramsey had a big walleye that had tried tried ta- attacking his yellow bass. But uh, you know, every year you hear a lot of that, you know, going oh, on yeah. with them guides over there. But they're on their water every day. I mean, you know, I guess it just I don't know. Slowly but surely, it's going to take more time, and eventually, I'll I've caught I'll have something. I've caught them before with like a huge bullet down their throat and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I caught a big walleye like that one time. Uh, I've had it before where you catch a bass and a, a crayfish claws hanging out of its, <laughs> out of its back What end. if you were down <laughs> south and them bass eat snakes? Oh, yeah. and yet, Oh, I've seen those pictures before. <laughs> <That was, laughs> I'm going to – like what I'm trying to say starts with a – Yeah. And rhymes with duck. Yeah. That <laughs> – that, that no, that's just like those guys that are out fishing and they have those snakes swimming towards the boat to and oh. try to get on. It'd be like no, no. I would, if I'm fishing in a spot, I guess out there on the Missouri River they have it happen. But I mean, I'm bringing a shotgun. You better have like, your handgun with. You. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like in the clip. I mean, every single round. <laughs> why? Why are you? Why are you carrying on the boat? Well, just in case there's any snakes swimming towards us. Why did you shoot five times at that snake? Because my gun doesn't hold With six. six. <laughs> That's why. All right, Matt. Good news stories. You got a good news story? Um, or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. <clears throat> my good news story this week uh, goes out to past guest PJ Vick of In Depth Outdoors. Uh, I believe it was on January 17 or 18, maybe, maybe even the 19th. Uh, PJ hit 10 years sober. And uh, that's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you go from, I I don't know what, I don't know what kind of situation PJ was in, but, uh, you know, obviously he had a problem and, uh, you know, it it was a real problem. Um, And now, 10 years later, I mean, he's, he's one of the biggest stars, you know, on in-depth outdoors, you know, one of the, one of the most likable dudes in the fishing industry, past guest on this show. And, and, uh, I, I would love to have him on again because the dude knows fishing. He's a, he's just a cool cat. And, uh, I want to tip my hat to him on 10 years. I'm personally at like nine and a half years right now. So I, I, I know exactly, uh, what that is. And, yeah, I don't know. I I think that's a that's a good news story that obviously maybe means just a smidge more to me, but uh, I don't know. Congratulations, PJ. Yeah, huge shout out for that. That's pretty. That's a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. Uh, mine is gonna have to be. You know, we always talk about the negative part of social media. Yep. A little bit today, I'm gonna talk about the positive part of it. Um, this year it just seems like a lot of people are losing stuff on the ice or on the way to the lake and everything. And this year, it seems like a lot of people have been reconnected with their lost equipment via social media. You know, people will put a post online and say, hey, I found this at so-and-so location on this lake, or I found something there, get a hold of me, private message, if you lost something at this spot. And pretty soon, it's like, hey, the person's been found, 
got their equipment back. I mean, sometimes it's augers, sometimes it's flashers. I mean, it gets to be sometimes it's some expensive equipment, and we've all been there before where you've forgotten something and you might go back, and luckily enough, it's still there, and vice versa. And you know the feeling of relief when it's there, and you know the feeling of when it's not there, how bad you feel, and. Uh, it's really cool to see people getting connected back with that stuff. And then people that there's still people out there that find something like that. And their first instinct isn't like, ha ha, you know, like cha-ching, I win. Look what I got. I mean, they're getting online and trying to find the owner, not waiting for an owner to maybe come forward and then being like, okay, I'll, I suppose I'll do the right thing and return it. It's just neat to see people in the first place trying to do the right thing and get it back to people. And along with that, just people too on there, you know, kids getting into ice fishing and yep. people donating yep. a lot of their old equipment to kids. So right. both of those, I'd say. You know, here's one thing, you know, obviously uh, when if you find a Garmin Live Scope out there and it's, you know, $2,000 piece of equipment, whatever, um, you know, it'd be like, God dang it, I'd love to keep that for my own, whatever. I get it. But, uh, you know, like I found a, a shack cover one time uh, blown on the side of the road. Put it on South Dakota Ice Fishing Page. The owner contacted me. We met up at the 1481 Grill there in Arlington, uh, South Dakota, and, uh, you know, whatever. I've kept in touch with that guy. I've kept in touch right. with him. And uh, there has been times when I have gone back up into that area. That's where he was from. And he has put me on bites, Yeah, you know, because of it. So, you know, it's good karma, guys, to, to get this stuff back to people. Not only is it just playing out the right thing to do, but... uh you know, maybe you make a friend out of the deal. Exactly. And, you know, right. I mean, you, you know, and, and guys, if you're, if you're the guy that loses something and someone does give it back to you, you know, do what you can to make it right with them too. And that's how this whole entire deal, you know, that's how the world becomes a better place. Exactly. You know what right. I mean? You know, you do something good for him. He does something good for you. You know, they turn around, do something good for, you know, the next guy and, and, you know, the whole pay it forward deal, you know, it, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with, you know, all of you. Just do the damn right thing. We're all on the same team. We all just want to go and catch fish. Uh, yeah, you know, spot on, Matt. You know, whatever. But uh, I guess let's just freaking be better people. Yeah, Plain and simple. Helped. So it all starts with us. That's right. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, we appreciate every single one of you tuning in for episode one hundred and eight. Um, we will be back next week uh, with one hundred and nine. Hopefully, with a guest. Uh, we got a couple guys kind of on the on the line uh, if we can get one of them committed then we will have a guest uh i'm, I'm gonna say that we probably will and uh yeah hopefully we see you next week appreciate it later